Welcome to the FNO InsureTech Podcast, a place where movers and shakers from all points within the insurance ecosystem gather and discuss all things InsureTech. We talk about how technology and innovation are affecting and driving change in the industry. Here are your hosts, Lee Boyd and Rob Beller. Hey, podcast world. Welcome to a edition of FNO InsureTech. Not live. <laughs> I wanted to say FNO InsureTech live, like well, Saturday Night Live, but it didn't happen. <laughs> no, it was the opposite. There was no excitement. There was no buildup. It was just, welcome to, welcome to this. It's live right now. Just you and I, we're live. Yeah, it is. It is live to me. And Al, our producer is listening in. He's live. He's live. But yeah. when they when everybody hears this, it won't be live. No, it'll be dead. No, 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 no. Don't say no. that. It will What's be the opposite of live. Not not live. Not live. Not live. Recorded. Correct. It'll be in recorded. the past. It'll be recorded. It'll be recorded. It will be data that has been memorialized. Mm. Data, something big, a big word in the insure tech space, big right? Big data, and uh, which which today we have on a company that is like so all about data, it's not even funny. Yeah, yeah, we have on somebody from Arity today, Peter Levinson. Peter Levinson, VP of Product from Arity, yeah. and we're going to get to talk all about data and and how they how they bring this data in uh, for for automobiles right for vehicles and all the things that they're doing with it and uh, it, it's the second time we've had somebody on from Arity uh, so i'm i'm very excited to get to talk to peter how do you use it what do you do with it what's valid what's not yeah uh, where do we go with it and what does it hold for the future all pressing questions in our little brains little that's right little little yeah. so yeah. someday we have to have on a brain scientist who can like look into our brains and help us I would to understand that. why we're not guests on this show but instead hosts on this show have you ever noticed that neither yeah. you or i have ever asked the other to be a, a guest on our own show yeah that's because we know the outcome <laughs> we know the ending already we could jibber jabber yeah we could talk about cars. Oh, by the way, so yeah. last weekend there was this enormous rainstorm in California, where Peter yeah. lives, yeah, and and where I live. Five and a half inches of rain in Sacramento in a day, all time record ever recorded history in Goodness. Sacramento, and it flooded my car. What well, like, like, like it was on the street and the water rose. No, and- no, no, no. It came down in through a leak in my car somewhere. My car has a leak, and there was like two inches of water in the floor of my car. That's, what do you do with that? Is that is that covered? I could insurance? call Peter Levinson and ask him for some data on it. You you could. I don't know if they capture a lot of water entry data. Well, instead of getting too confusing, why don't we just go to our interview with VP of Product at Arity, Peter Levinson. Hey, everybody. Welcome. We are here on a beautiful Thursday afternoon with our guest, Peter Levinson, the Vice President of Product at Arity, who joins us from... San Carlos, California. San Carlos, California. Not far from where I am right now in Sacramento. And welcome, Peter. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. 
It's great to have you here. And we just want to jump right in and talk about you and Arity and what's up with Arity and what's going on. Lots of news. You guys are big in the news. You have a lot going on. So we thought we would cover many of those things today, as well as some specific questions about what is product management anyways. Mm, sure. Yeah. But why don't you start by giving us a minute or two on Arity, what you guys do and what you do there. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, at Arity, we, we have a, a pretty big mission. You know, we are in it to make transportation safer, smarter, and more useful for everybody. And really what we do is we do that by aggregating a lot of driving data on as many customers as we can. And we are able to use that driving data to identify and quantify the risk associated with different driving behaviors. And so this has applications really across the insurance industry. But, you know, I think the most uh, relevant one for all of us is what we can do to help in the personal auto insurance market. And that the types of solutions that we have really range from acquisition and finding the right customers for an insurance company to, to, to bring into their programs, to price them more accurately with new kinds of data that had never been available before, and then out into a, a great connected experience for individual policyholders. And a lot of it really does come down to us going out to create and bring to market data sets that just had not been available from anyone in the past. These are data sets that you guys are aggregating and creating, correct? You're not necessarily taking existing data sets and aggregating them together. This is fresh data. Yeah, we do a little bit of both. But the core of what we've done is to create some technology that allows us to identify and derive the key driving behaviors that help us identify risk. And we, um, having done that and doing that at scale across millions of drivers today, now allows us also to look at other data sets that we can bring on board. But primarily, uh, we do everything through the data that we create on our own. Where is this data coming from? Is it coming from devices inside people's cars? The majority of it, and this kind of is at the core of kind of how we've taken our approach, it primarily comes from smartphones. And oh, okay. it, it kind of goes at the core of what I, I became interested in Arity when I joined the company. But the, yeah, the bulk of it is coming from our SDK, Software Development Kit, embedded into consumer mobile apps that people have on their phones. And that could be an app that is a part of an insurance program. It may be an app that's part of another mobile app that you would download. So, you know, we, we have our partnerships with a range of different types of, of mobile apps, but we most recently announced our partnership with GasBuddy. And so that's an app that you download and use to find and save money on gas. And we have our technology now that you can opt into as a part of that app to get insights about your driving and different changes you could make in your driving habits that would save you money and, and fuel. So in that situation is... GasBuddy your customer or are you GasBuddy's customer? We look at it as a partnership because the way we've structured how we go to market is really about building value for everybody involved. And so we tend to look at it as, you know, we want our partners to be as interested in working with us as we are with them. And so it's a lot of it structured around how do we make sure we're adding mutual value to both sides. And so in this case, it's about powering a feature for GasBuddy that allows them to uh, have greater engagement a new reason to come to GasBuddy, to download it, to use it on a regular basis that provides real value consistent with why you downloaded GasBuddy in the first place. So in the process like this, like what, what you've done with GasBuddy, you guys have accumulated literally billions of miles. Yes. How many billions? About 
roughly? Oh, geez. <laughs> that's that's hard I think to I count. Read, did I read six or 16? A large number. It's a number with a, a lot of zeros after it. I know, you know, we are at scale looking at about 70 million trips per day. So, you know, depending on wow. the average number of miles per trip, which can go up and down, and obviously uh, COVID had a lot to change around that. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, you know, at scale, the number of zeros just kind of rolls off into a, a very, very large number. And speaking of COVID, have you seen, yeah. obviously, you've seen a recovery in driving from where we were a year, a year and a half ago? Yeah, it's been fascinating to kind of see how things have changed over the last couple of years. As you said, driving's way up from where it was a year ago. I think what we find really compelling in the data that we see is that it's driving is up over what it was in 2019. And so the total number of miles that people are driving is not just recovered to where it was pre-pandemic, but it's actually exceeding where we were pre-pandemic. Do you think that that's in part because people are more comfortable driving than they are flying? I think there's a range of reasons. Yeah. I mean, I think there there has been, you know, at least what we see in consumer surveys is that folks are less comfortable, not only with flying, but also with public transit or other kinds of alternate, you know, options to driving that maybe they would have chosen pre-pandemic. But at the moment, they're just not as comfortable doing. And so what does Arity do with this data? Does it does it funnel straight into insurance carriers for underwriting uh, and, and risk or... I guess, what is the ultimate data used for? Sure. Uh, it depends on the program. So if we're powering the technology behind a telematics program for an insurance carrier, then yes, it funnels directly into that underwriting profile. If you have a telematics program, you may have downloaded one of our apps, and that is doing the tracking of your driving, uh, the collecting of those behaviors, uh, and depending on what the program wants to uh, offer you as a policyholder, uh, maybe providing you with a driving score. And so that's, okay. a, that's a component of what we do. For the stuff that we collect from the consumer apps, there's two areas where we bring it to market. One is in marketing use cases. Uh, and this is a case where we will have anonymized and aggregated the data so that there is nothing identifiable at, a, at an individual level. But it does allow us to allow marketers, insurance marketers, to target customers by different types of driving behaviors uh, and things like mileage. And so it has a lot of benefit there and just kind of going out and trying to find the right types of customers for the right type of insurance policy. And then the last piece is something that we uh, announced a few months ago, uh, which is called ARD IQ. And that's okay. a new service that brings directly to the point of sale the ability to call for a driving score collected from our database of drivers. And if we can make a match, then that score gets provided to the carrier at point of sale. And so that score would predetermine somebody's insurance rate? It would be a factor used by the carrier, right? So we're, we're not the ones with the, the end decision that we would make about like, what should this rate be? But in the mix of factors that any carrier would use to determine your price, we bring this you know, new and incredibly valuable and predictive variable to point of sale. Are the primary sort fields around demographics or are there other things like miles driven or type of vehicle or et cetera? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's worth noting that, you know, carriers guard what they use and to what extent they use it pretty, pretty carefully. But what we can say, very generally speaking, is that they will use things like demographic data. Mm -hmm. Many of them will pull your credit score and mm -hmm. use factors that you can get from a credit bureau. They'll also pull your motor vehicle record. 
to understand if there have been any incidents filed in your state or when you've had prior insurance. And then they'll also ask you for estimates in terms of how many miles that you're going to drive or that you typically drive in a year. And then they'll also want the VIN numbers and other things about the vehicles that are going to be insured. And so into this mix of different variables, we now can introduce something that has never been available at point of sale, which is some understanding of your actual driving behavior. Right. Because I'm wondering if you can, I mean, are you finding that these things validate like the information that they get from a credit score and uh, that that they have historically used in, in rating and then the data that Arity is putting in, and I understand it's blinded, like they probably can't get information on Lee Boyd, but they can get information on people like Lee Boyd, right? Who hit, or his age, his gender, who live in the areas that he does, drives the kind of car that he does, et cetera. Generalized categories. Are you guys finding that they validate? I mean, people who have this kind of credit score drive this kind of way. You know, it's funny. We actually have not looked at it from that perspective in terms of trying to find, like trying to look at it and say, well, let's look at our stuff and then say, well, what are the credit scores of the people that drive well? We kind of look at it more and say, these people drive very well. And that information needs to be brought to point of sale. It needs to be used to attract people to different insurance products, right? It's just, it's a new variable that needs to get brought in. I think in terms of predictability um, and predictive value, we have a rating services organization that files our scores with the departments of insurance across the country. And so as a part of that, they will discuss with the Department of Insurance the predictive value of, of these different components. And, you know, our feeling is that it is incredibly valuable and incredibly powerful uh, on that front, you know, as powerful and sometimes more powerful than almost anything else you can get. You know, your company seems to be really based upon partnerships, partnerships on obtaining the data, partnerships on sending the data back out. And and we read back in February that you had a new partnership with Ford. What is that partnership about? What are you doing with Ford? Yeah. So, I mean, much like what we do with mobile publishers, where we're trying to collect the data, with the OEMs becoming more and more advanced in terms of the types of data that they can make available, we want to make sure that we're partnering with them so that Mm -hmm. we can add our insights onto the data that they can collect. You know, the easiest way to think about this is let's take an example of something that's significant in terms of insurance pricing, which is like an attribute like hard breaking. There is no definition of hard breaking that you can go look up meaning that this is the one true way of understanding hard braking. Depending on the insurance carrier and depending on the program, there might be different definitions of how to calculate that. And so while the OEM can provide us with that data, having that proprietary understanding of, well, what calculation, what is that um, mix of things that makes that into a predictive variable for uh, rating and pricing, that's where we come in. So we're really interested in working with the OEMs on, you know, understanding their data and providing these insights for the stuff that they have available today. And then also beyond that, to explore how do we use some of the new technologies um, that the OEMs are producing, both in terms of things like ADAS, but even going all the way to, you know, what the future of things like autonomous driving might be and autonomous vehicles might be to really get that in and understand it from a back to our core mission, from a perspective of identifying and quantifying the risk associated with these different things on the road. So does ADAS make somebody from an insurance risk perspective a safer driver or not? You know, there, we, we kind of imagine a future where because of our ability to see data from so many different sources and at such the, the scale that we have, 
in the autonomous world, you know, we might be able to make a prediction that says things like, well, look, a, a Volvo S90 is just not going to do well if it comes in contact with a Toyota Camry. Yeah. Because those two autonomous driving systems do things differently and there is a risk of those two being. And so they need to have that information from us such that they can make decisions, you know, in real time at the autonomous level that lower the risk. So with the evolution of these, you know, automatic driving cars, has it changed the way that Arity captures this data? I would imagine you capture a lot of metadata that you could use for all sorts of things. Have, have there been new things that have come up that you've started collecting to help with the future of the automatic driving cars? At the moment, it's really just about collecting as much of the data as we can to try to understand better what happens. I see. With the, with the autonomous cars, they're, they're really getting deployed right now in smaller scale and in, in very controlled environments, which, you know, makes a ton of sense with a new technology. Right. And where we're trying to, you know, get involved and make sure that we're talking with everybody um, and using our, our insights where possible is as that scales up. Because when we look at any future of a transition to an autonomous or partly autonomous world, there's going to be a long series of years where you have drivers like me and like you and like and like everybody today where we're driving our own cars and we'll be sharing the road with autonomous vehicles. Yes. And, you know, it, that's going to go on for, for a very, very long time. And so a big part of uh, our, our value is not just in the risk around either humans or machine, but really the interaction that we're going to see evolve between the two of them. And that may change things on both sides. So let's talk about UBI. Yeah. Can you define that for us and and kind of talk about the state of UBI today is from your perspective? Yeah. I mean, so it, from a pure definition perspective, it's basically the amount you pay for your insurance is based on how much you drive. Now, everybody doesn't get the same rate uh, because it's insurance and because we all have different risks associated with our driving. Your rate may be different from mine in terms of a base rate. So, you might get charged a dollar a mile. I might get charged $3 a mile. We're just making up numbers here. But then depending on how many miles you drive in a given month, that goes into and gives you a, an end bill at the end of the month. So mm -hmm. kind of unlike the normal policy where every six months, you know, you find out what rate you're going to pay for every one of those six months. And that kind of changes, you know, sometimes based on things that happen to you, sometimes based on things that are representative of what's happening overall in the market, uh, that the overall underwriting risk changes. All of that is not there now. Now it's all based on, well, how many miles did you drive? And it comes every month. So if you have a month where you didn't drive a whole lot because maybe you took a two-week vacation uh, and you were on a cruise ship, well, your rate's going to be a lot lower that month because you drove, you know, less than half the miles you normally do. Mm -hmm. um, same thing could be around the holidays where, you know, folks aren't going to an office or commuting quite as much. Uh, they're at home more. Those months will be down. On the other hand, if you have a month where you're going to a lot of kids sports games and you got some travel teams and maybe you're seeing uh, relatives or other kinds of stuff, that month could be a lot higher. The driving season is a real thing for lots of folks. And so in those months, you know, your rate might go up. Um, but what we see across the, the industry is that for folks that drive, you know, on average lower than other people, for people who are relatively speaking low mileage drivers, that those UBI programs make a ton of sense. Talk about Arity's involvement in UBI. 
So right now we are the technology that, that helps power the, the Allstate MileWise program. And the way we look at it is we think that there is a lot of future potential inside of UBI across the industry. A lot of that goes back to the changes that we saw with COVID and folks having a very different relationship to driving uh, than they had in the past. And so a lot of folks may have shifted to an entirely work from home uh, model. Uh, which means that your driving mileage might be way down. And in that case, a UBI product makes a lot of sense. And so a lot of those things that are coming in, we think there's a big opportunity just overall to have folks adopt these kinds of programs. And we're just excited to see more and more partners try to roll them out. Is UBI simply based on the amount uh, you drive, the amount of distance you drive, or are there other factors that play in, or does that just depend from carrier to carrier? It'll depend on from carrier to carrier, but every carrier will have a certain base rate. So they'll uh -huh. tend to be like a minimum amount you're going to pay every month, no matter what. And then you'll have a per mile rate. And those two things will be tend to be persistent across your policy term. And then the controllable part for you as the driver is like, OK, well, my per mile rate, how many miles is that going to be? So maybe you have a, a, a minimum monthly of like 30 bucks every month. You're going to pay 30 bucks, even if you drive zero miles and then. For every mile driven, you're going to pay whatever it is, a dollar. And so if you drive 100 miles in the month, you'll pay $130. We're going to turn the corner here. I want, I want to talk about you some. I want to talk about product. Sure. And we're insurance guys. I mean, we've worked in strict, straight up insurance service providers pretty much both of our whole careers. But you're kind of a technology guy. You've worked yes. more in the, in the world of technology. Very much so. And product... I think in insurance has a little bit different definition and feel than product in the technology world. But now you're in both worlds kind of simultaneously. Yeah. So tell us what what is product? What is product management? What is a VP of product? What does that mean in the technology space? Sure. Yeah. Good question. Um, so when I explain to my kids what I do, I try to say that, like, look, someone has to decide how all this technology works. And it has to decide what it's going to do. And while there's lots of options, what we've done in the technology world is for some of those big items, not everything, much of that stuff gets decided by engineers at, at the kind of function level and some other things. But in terms of like, what should a product do? How should it function? All the way up to who is it for? And why do they want it? What is the value proposition that this product is providing or this technology is providing? And how does that value proposition get realized. Those are some of the decisions that come in with product management. And so it kind of breaks down into two areas. You have to understand the market and say, okay, what is the market of technology that I'm operating in? Who are the customers inside of that market? And what are their concerns? What are they trying to get done? Forget about what any technology might provide them, just what are their problems? And then you look at it and you say, all right, well, what could existing technology or a variant of existing technology or potentially new technology really do to help advance those problems, make them easier to solve, make them faster to solve, whatever it might be, uh, enhance collaboration. Any of these kinds of things might be in there. Thinking mostly about software here. And then you have to make the decisions about, okay, what are we going to build first? What is the most important thing for us to do next in order to make something that the either existing customers or new customers would find more valuable. And then that really breaks down into building out a roadmap. 
And you want to kind of look ahead roughly 18 months and say, all right, where do I want to be 18 months from now with my technology in terms of features, in terms of customers, in terms of uh, revenue generation, whatever it might be. And then what do I have to have in order to hit those goals? And then just walk backwards and say, all right, well, because of that, we've got to have this new feature out by the end of the next quarter. Or we have mm-hmm. to have these kind of three things done by the end of the next quarter so that we can do the next range of things by the end of the following quarter, right? And so for an example of um, something that we might be doing where we want to have, I don't know, we want to we start collecting a, a new type of data off of the SDKs that we have in market. So let's say we, I, I'll just make something up. Let's say we want to we have something that talks to the vehicle th- over Bluetooth uh, to figure out what radio station you have on. It's not really a thing, but let's just say that that, mm-hmm. was a, that was a feature that we wanted to add. We'd say, okay, well, in order to do that now, we're going to have to make some updates to the SDK. We're going to have to understand what's available on the smartphone in terms of things we can talk to. Uh, then we're going to have to decide how long that's going to take to make. And then we're going to have to do the rollout, right? We have to explain to people, well, what this new feature is, you know, why they should turn it on or what, how to enable it, and then what kind of experience might be included in terms of having that powered on. So maybe it's just a visual that comes to a screen that says, hey, this is what's up next on the radio, or this is what, what you're listening to now or something like that. But all of those pieces have to get built out. And so you say, okay, well, great. I want to have this kind of new, new feature involved. Now walk backwards and say, all right, team, now what are the next, you know, next phases in order to, to build this out and, and, and to have that running? And so for my job, it's kind of saying, all right, at the company level, what strategy do we have for the company, right? Where are we trying to go overall as a company? What are the series of customers or the classes and categories of customers we might have? And then how do we enhance the value proposition on an ongoing basis for them? And then we kind of align our resources and make our investments and kind of set up our milestones based on kind of our best guess at any given window. Uh, And then we run it out and see what kind of feedback we get from the market. That's so interesting. So do you ever have to walk in and to your boss's office and say, hey, you know what? Our strategy is wrong. It shouldn't be over here. It should be over there. Because look at all this information and all this data and all everything that's coming in. We think it's here, but really I'm seeing that it's over there. I mean, is that that must occur? Oh, it does. I I wouldn't say it's necessarily quite as definitive as you said it. The the way we try to do it is more. Is there something? that's telling us we should change, right? So it's not kind of waiting around for the epiphany. It's more staying in constant kind of as, as close as we can to what's happening in the market. One part is separating out sig- signal from noise. Yeah. There's a lot of things that can be hype yeah. pieces or other things that you might see that could be a problem. But those are okay. That does give you some kind of signal. But you really always want to be looking at you know, having um, some methodologies to say, okay, if we need to change, what are the things that would be happening that would cause us to change something that just you know needed to be very different? Um, so I, I said um, a, a bit ago that we, we source most of our data, the vast majority of our data from smartphones. Well, we know that there is going to be more data available from the OEMs over time. Right. And we can watch that. And so what we want to know is, okay, we're interested in that data, but has it yet reached the point or is there some event that would cause a hundred million cars to become connected in a very short period of time, 
then we would look at it and say, oh, okay, well, now we need to maybe make some changes because mm-hmm. the nature of the data is going to be coming in in a different way because there's a lot more OEM connections available. That data looks a little bit different than it does for mobile. There could be other features that become available. And so that might cause us to say, all right, the next six months, we've got to kind of make a little bit of a shift. What is it about Arity that brought you there back in, in 2018? Why Arity? Why was that a place you wanted to go? Yeah, I mean, I, I love data and insights problems. Uh, kind of the core running through a lot of what I've been doing in the past in different roles has really focused on kind of what in, what new insights and experiences can you build out of data? The event that really tipped off something in my head that said, I've really got to get into something going on in the broader transportation world was, you know, I was at a job and I got home from work and it was near the holidays. It was, you know, October, November timeframe, probably November. And, uh, you know, I got home, pulled up the car and I got out of the car. And then at the curbside, uh, just like a white Toyota Prius pulled up uh-huh. and the, the back opened up and the driver got out of the car, just dressed like me. In the trunk of the car, it was overflowing with boxes. And they picked up one of the boxes, scanned it with a thing in their hand and put it on my doorstep and left. And so that said to me a few different things. It said to me, like, the era of kind of folks in a uniform in a specifically branded truck are on the way out or maybe not on the way out. They're getting augmented in a way. And you got to remember, this is probably 2016, 17, somewhere in that window. And so something is happening in transportation that is powered by data that is not yet well understood at kind of a, a technology or kind of a industry level. And what it, what it said to me was that there is now data available to the transportation world that had never been available before. And the transportation world has existed for a very long time <laughs> in a world of very, very sparse data. And so it right. had to make decisions based on sparse data. Right. We talked about how, you know, insurance doesn't have anything to do with your actual driving behavior because that wasn't available. Right. Even planning yeah. at city levels. None of that had, you know, it had some data available. But in the, in a very short window of time, the last call it about 11 years. About four billion people now have a smartphone. Eleven years ago, no one had a smartphone. Remarkable. So now you go from a world where there is a very, very sparse amount of data available to do anything to a world of abundant data. There's now so much data, it's it's overwhelming in a lot of ways. And part of the challenge has to be to figure out, well, what is useful from that data? It used to be I had to invest a lot of money and choose very precisely what data I wanted to collect. Now there's at least three supercomputers in every car when a family's driving somewhere. And they're all sending data all the time. So what was so interesting to me about Arity was that Arity was already at the forefront of understanding what what interesting insights and information from an insurance perspective could be pulled off of a smartphone. And then the cool challenge was like, great, now how do we start doing that across as many smartphones as we possibly can? Because harnessing that data at scale is really what's needed to make sure that we can transform insurance as an industry and transportation overall as an industry. It's out there. Uh, it just needs to be collected and aggregated and turned into insights that can be useful for kind of the range of different things that we offer, plus more things, right? So it's about finding the right customers. It's also about pricing people the right way. And it's about having a great connected experience when people actually choose a product with a specific carrier. And that's really 
kind of an essential thing about product is, is that you have all this data, right? Mm. What's the best use of it? Right. There's tons of uses. Some probably have no monetary value, but much of it does. How do you possibly choose which one? It, it, it like it makes my brain explode. Yes. Just just thinking about, I mean, the list, you, you guys must have a list somewhere that just doesn't have a bottom to it. Correct. Right. Yep. And you probably have customers come to you or partners, like you were saying about Gas Buddy, who say, you know what? Could you do this with us? That, that perhaps wasn't even on that list. It wasn't on our list. And, and a lot of what we do with partners is to put kind of our list and their list together and say, well, here's kind of what we've been thinking about. And they say, oh, that's kind of down here on our list. And maybe if we put a little bit of that and a little bit of this together, we can go after this thing that's a little bit higher up on our list. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, for example, we have a partnership with Weatherbug, which is a, a weather-based app, which is a, a great one, especially if you live in an area uh, that has a lot of lightning storms. They've got a yeah. great feature to show you where lightning strikes are happening. Highly recommend it. Download but they had been thinking for a long time about a commuter section. And they had some things around cameras and other kinds of stuff that you could plug into and see, but they were looking for, you know, additional ideas that they might have to incentivize and, and make that area uh, interesting and engaging for customers. And we had been thinking a lot about like, well, we see a lot of people who are commuting. We see a lot of these common routes that people are taking. There's kind of something I bet we can do that would be fun around how do we make you know people aware of the different routes that are available to them and where they go and kind of what their patterns look like. And so when we started talking to Weatherbug, it was really about, all right, how do we kind of take a little bit of that and put these two ideas together and create something that's, that, that's pretty new? The, the big part about this um, in terms of trying to be effective is you have your long list you need to try to make those lists, the, each item on that list, as real as possible from some kind of experiential perspective, right? So it's like, okay, you have this insight. How is that valuable? And, and, and how does that value get expressed? It's got to do something or show me something or communicate something or whatever it is. And that's often the part where you figure out what's useful on the list and what's just either nice or was really a terrible idea to begin with. Mm -hmm. um, and, and often it's first pass filter is, Hey, just the other folks on the team, do we like this? Does this resonate with us and how and why? And then, you know, cause a lot of, a lot of times, you know, internally you're having similar discussions and you're interested in the same things, but the real acid test is when you bring it to customers. And we've got a few different ways of doing that in terms of showing it to, you know, kind of people off the street and showing them concepts and getting their mm -hmm. feedback, but then also taking it to a partner and say, all right, does this hit the mark? What's interesting about this? And again, often that generates a lot of really interesting conversation because you find out the thing that you didn't think very much of, but you just kind of threw it on there for, you know, to, to see what happens, mm -hmm. winds up resonating incredibly well. And the part you really labored over and spent a lot of time debating and trying and they're sort of like, ah, yeah, that's not that interesting. But this other part over here that you put on, let's do a lot more of that. Well, I'll speak for Lee when I say we're both super jealous of you that you get to do what you do. And so we just cool. have to interview interesting people like you who have really cool and interesting jobs. We'll let you go back to- uh, Your really cool job. To your really cool job and, uh, and, and trying to explain to your kids what it is that your job is and, and say thank you very much for, uh, for your time and for being with us today. Well, thank you for having me. This has been, uh, been a ton of fun. 
It was great. Sure. Thank you, Peter. Sure. Please come back again. We want to hear more about Arity because, I mean, one thing that we could say for sure is you guys are killing it. Business is good. Yes. Yeah, we're, we're loving it. And uh, we're just trying to keep keep going as fast as we can. Great. Thanks for being with us. Thanks. Always great to have on somebody from California. Yeah. That's what I say. <laughs> well, it is nice. You know, we don't have anybody. Yeah, well, that's not true. I think only a few people from, from Texas. Yeah. No, not so much Texas. Planner. Andy San Graf. Antonio. Andy Graham. Uh, yeah. 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 Anyway. But uh, California, Israel. Those New are big York, ones. All London. of those. All of those have, have, have beat Texas. We had on uh, somebody from Italy. We South Korea. We span the globe. I think that's fair to say. We span yeah. the globe to bring you, our loyal listeners, stuff like Peter today, who was great. That we, we we're very grateful to Peter. We we are so excited about everything that's going on in the world of driving. Right. And what may happen with driving and where it's going. And we just have one word for you all. Get behind the wheel. <laughs> was that one word? Well, get behind the wheel. Four words kind of smushed into one word. Get behind the wheel. One second. No spaces. No spaces. Right. Uh, we thank Peter for being with us today. And we thank you guys for listening. And until our next episode. Goodbye, everybody.